0: Buongiorno, and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy in international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Techum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of The Global Podcast, we're going to dive into defining and understanding what our third favorite word is after diplomacy and international development. Okay, phrases, but you get the point. And that's going to be sustainable development. Yes, sustainable development, sustainable development, sustainable development. Did I mention it before? Sustainable development. We pass this term around like ketchup at a picnic table. Yet many may be asking, what is it exactly? Now, you're noticing we are presenting episodes with quite a number of explanations, like political will and diplomacy in international development. But that's because we firmly believe that this is important for diplomats, businessmen, humanitarian to understand, as it is for anybody else, to really get their curiosity flowing, to understand how they can make the world a better place in their own way. And no better way to bequeath such a superpower than helping you understand what sustainable development is. And joining us to discuss this is our own Charlotte Osterman, Director of Sustainable Development at PAX and Global, and our in-house guru and patron saint on sustainability to us all here at PAX. So, Charlotte, you're finally on the Global Podcast.
1: Thank you very much. We're- so, yes, we've had some questions about basically more of an introduction to what sustainable development is, so we thought we'll crack on with that today then
0: yes please please i think so obviously uh, that's going to be the first question because we people are clearly asking the sustainable development uh terminology is 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 quite nice to hear it makes one feel very intelligent when one uses it fourteen thousand times in a day Uh, (laughs) but what does it mean what does it all mean
1: okay so let's Backtrack a little bit. This will be more than an in introduction, and for some of our listeners, this will be very basic. But it's probably quite good to go through it. So, let's see. Sustain, sustainability, the course to continue for an extension period or without interruption. That is to sustain something. So, sustainability is basically the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. Quite often, we would link the word sustainability. To the environmental sec- uh, sector but it could be in regards to anything it could be to sustain the economic growth of something or it could be schemes to ensure the long-term sustainability of a project so make sure that something keeps on going that is the sustainability element of the word and then development that is is according to Oxford dictionary that we quoted before in this podcast that is the process of developing or being developed so a growth or an advancement so sustainable development basically means something that will keep on growing and would do that at a certain level or rate for a longer term basically that is a little bit theoretical but one of the most commonly used definitions of sustainable development as a concept is one that comes from the 1980s and that's from the Brundtland report and that one says that sustainable development is development that meets the need of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs so now we're coming into what we see as sustainable development it's about the bigger picture it's about taking the three pillars of sustainability which are environmental economic uh, economic and social aspects into account when we're making decisions because development will happen regardless and but it's a matter of making sure that when development is happening that we're thinking bigger picture as well.
0: Interesting. So, I like that. I like how it's being encapsulated. So, so the three pillars, almost like a trinity, you got going on. So, there's. So, repeat that one more time for the listeners or people like me who need to be have things repeated multiple times. So, there's the social impact. There's the economic impact, and what was the other part of social of 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 this of the pillars?
1: So, environmental impact. The, so, yes, let's dive into the three pillars of sustainability. Yes, please. Basically, you got the environmental impacts of what's happening. So if we're looking at environmental impacts, that could be around how we're using our resources, how we're using water, fuels, materials. It's about climate change, how we're adapting ourselves to this and how we're mitigating these risks. On the economic, that's around basically growth, economic growth. Uh, If we're looking at corporate example, that's around profits as well, to make sure that a corporation is operating there is a need for profits, so you can keep on investing in communities and in your people and pay people incomes is an economic point of sustainability as well and on the social side we're looking more at the people side of it so when we're operating are we thinking about the communities are we thinking about labor rights the human aspect and when we're linking these threes you can see it as kind of like Scottish it's 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 a way of looking at a situation in a more holistic way where we're linking all these three pillars, environmental, social, economic. That's when we get sustainability. This has stemmed from us having an unsustainable approach to development previously.
0: Mm.
1: So if we're going back to what's happened after the Industrial Revolution when we had a lot of growth in our economy we've had a lot of for example companies operating very profit based and of course the economic growth has given us positives as well in terms of how we live our lives nevertheless it's also giving us a lot of um, deprivation of nature uh, it's giving us climate change it's giving us poor labor conditions in in different parts of the world so we've realized that the development that we have had is not only positive because we're missing the bigger picture we're missing a holistic approach and that is what's giving us this perspective of social economic environmental take these three pillars into account and we can create a more sustainable development Hmm. did that simplify
0: it it does simplify it but i guess the one question is as well too is what have we been doing in the past that has i mean it, this may be quite obvious for a great many listeners and, and i have an ideas in my own head but for those who are kind of taking this all in like a sponge and is saying right okay so sustainability is thinking more holistically and is a response to what we've done in the past okay. so the sins of our of our of our history you know i when we had our uh Uh, interview with matt loose from sustainability he was talking about how we have transformed ourselves from going to the industrial revolution to the modern tech revolution and that we're now stepping into the sustainability revolution and 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 it was interesting you mentioned the industrial revolution in your description as well too Are, are we indeed going towards a sustainability revolution and and what have we done in the past particularly in the industrial with Seems a bit obvious, but let's just remind our listeners and in the tech uh, years in the past that has made us realize, oh, Houston, we have a problem.
1: Yes. So on the first question, yes, I, I'm i definitely convinced that we're going into more of a sustainability revolution. We're seeing a lot of changes in the marketplace. We're seeing a lot of changes in mentality. There's a whole generation who are more involved but we're also experiencing the negative effects of what has happened post industrial revolution. So that brings us to the first part of the question. As if we're simplifying it, let's just look at it. at the back of industrial revolution, we created factories, we created manufacturing. Industries that are heavily reliant on natural resources which has then come um, Consumed the natural resources of our world and given us a lot of pollution whilst the resources are not Unlimited they are they are what they are We only got one planet and the way that we consume these resources before has given us pollution It's given us deforestation. It's given us Carbon dioxide and climate change and that has now given us more extreme weathers That we're all experiencing
0: interesting so and it shows at the end of the day the whole uh mantra that i know that that many like to to utilize in regards to whether it's humanitarian efforts or diplomacy or in this case Mm. sustainable development is the fact that we all belong to each other and 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 the more we realize this the more we will we will take efforts to to do things in a more holistic approach which is the ethos of of sustainable development which kind of makes it feel like okay there's this huge potential so and i can't stress
1: that like we can't stress that enough around the holistic approach Mm. sustainability and sustainable development is really about looking at the systemic And the wider picture, it's not just taking one initiative, working that in isolation, thinking about three things that that's gonna shape. It's realizing that any initiative that you want to put forward, whether that's the corporate, whether that's the NGO, whether that's the social, it will have effects on other part of our society and our environment. So how do you think about these wider stakeholders Mm. when you make your decisions?
0: And it seems oh this and the way this is this is bringing up a little bit of the of the Catholic boy in me. this sounds like just a, the perfect doctrine to see right how do you approach things in a way that's just gonna benefit everyone you know treat people like you want to be treated and love your neighbor and so it's 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 bringing up this whole uh uh spiritual unintended approach to which I'm finding quite fascinating uh, so yeah. you know you've mentioned how you and 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 matt loose as well from sustainability have mentioned that we are entering this sustainability error and you know i, I let's let's talk about when this started you know what sparked it i mean I, just this morning i was listening to which is very rare that I do, and you know me quite well. I was listening to a pop culture podcast. I was talking about you know uh, fashion and Lady Gaga and stuff. Because sometimes you need to take a you need to take a break from the sig about the politics, and uh, they were talking specifically about sustainable fashion and the need for sustainability in fashion. And then I was reading an article that was talking about sustainable food and sustainable this and sustainable that. And I felt like the universe was giving me a sign and prepping uh, me for this conversation. But, you know, everybody's getting on the sustainability bandwagon. What sparked it? When did people realize, hold up, we did wrong, let's fix it?
1: That's a quite interesting one. Because on one hand, you could argue that, well, when the Brundtland report came out and that was the first time we were looking at This in this way. Some would say that that's when sustainable development stopped becoming a concept, but its history goes way back. So, already in the early 20th century and already in the 18th century, there are philanthropists who were seeing the negative consequences of how society was treating other people and wanted to help, for example, poor people into housing. And that kind of mentality of realizing that there are gaps in how we're governing our society and wanting to help that could go to that at the back of the Industrial Revolution. But as you just brought in the Catholic element to it, it goes back into a lot of religions way, way hundreds years ago that would also have initiatives to help people that were disadvantaged. So the way of, of course, what we're now looking at sustainability as is, is newer, but the thought around there is a bigger picture and how could we help making sure that not well that the disadvantaged get help as well that that goes back a long long time
0: and I guess that's also because you mentioned this 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 report. I think in 1981 or, or within the 80s, the the Bretton Report. If I heard correctly, could you just mention talk a little bit briefly about what that was and why it was so significant to really sparking the flame for people to realize the need for sustainability?
1: Oh yeah, sure. So that was a report that was sponsored by the United Nations, and it was shared by the Norwegian Prime Minister, who at that point was. Uh, Grundland, so that's how Hauser Grundland, and the report was its first of its kind that explored the causes of environmental degradation, and then the interconnections between society, societal e- equality, economic growth, and environmental problems, and it start developing these policy solutions that could be integrated in all these three areas. So, kind of the three pillars of sustainability. That was the introduction of this. And it was also the first time that we're really looking at sustainability and sustainable development as a development that will will meet the needs, not only today, but for the future as well. So realizing that the decisions we're making today will have an effect on the wider picture in the future as well.
0: Interesting, so that was really a catalyst and to to really get people get their juices going, but you know we've been we've been talking about that it's becoming a trend we mentioned that we're in a sustainability revolution, but I also want mm-hmm. to understand is you know there's clearly You know, I mean, Pax Tech Global is in the business to help break sustainable businesses and, you know, with governments and help governments become more sustainable through investment and and all that wonderful stuff. But that's for another episode, not to drown out uh, the listener. Uh, But taking it back and just understanding, you know, with the cost of businesses and sustainability, we've talked about how we can be sustainable. We've talked about why the world realizes the need for us to be sustainable. And when we spoke with Matt Luce he was talking about ways how businesses can understand the opportunity there is in working towards sustainable sustainable development. So I, I'm wondering, what is, you know, how can businesses start to put other sustainability cap on and, and work towards more sustainable development overall?
1: Okay. So I want to avoid going too theoretical into it. So I'll give you a an example of what sustainab- a sustainable, a sustainable development lens for a company could mean and why there would be benefits around it. So a sustainability lens can help you find other risks and other opportunities than if you don't have it. So basically, say that I'm a, com- a corporation that wants to enter a new market where my type of business does not exist. If I'm using a sustainability lens, I would not only look at the economic aspects of me entering this market i would also look at the environmental so where can i get my resources from and what's the resource security for the future will they be available is it something that will run out and then i'll look at the social so say that i've got my my company x entering this market in terms of social if i'm treating for example my community so where i'm operating and my laborers in in a good way instead of just pushing down the cost as far as I can, more or less screwing over my employees, <laughs> I am more likely to keep them in the future as well because as the marketplace is quite often operating, if I'm running a profitable business in one location, it's likely that other other companies would go there as well and try to do the same and my profit margin will go down and down. If I have then treated my community and my workers well, they are more likely to stick with me. If I have been screwing them over and then more entered, they're likely to just go to where someone someone else is offering me employment. So that's that's a way a corporation could use a sustainable development lens to create a situation that creates both opportunities but also avoiding a long-term risk.
0: Interesting, interesting. And at least that's putting it in a more practical way. Because you're right, we can get so bogged down with the theory and what the coulda, woulda, should us as we say back in New York, because we're so eloquent <laughs> in our way of of speaking. Um, You know, in the more practical way, saying, right, this is this is the why and uh, tying it down because we would be we would not be doing this episode any service if we do not end it or at least discuss the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals that were established in 2015, these very ambitious goals uh, for for the world to really target. I was wondering if maybe you can discuss a little bit about those and why those were a particular game changer um, in regards to getting people on board for sustainable development because I know in, in, my, in my, my previous professional life, uh, you know, I was, I was working in the, in the era of the Millennium Development Goals, and those were more for developing nations and whatnot. But these, from the UN spectrum, are intended for every country, not just developing and emerging economies, to really, to abide by everyone from the United States to Comoros. So why are they the big game changer? And how are they really taking the discussions of sustainable development to the next level?
1: Oh, wow that's an excellent question that i will love to answer so i could go on <laughs> on about this for hours but i'll keep it brief because we will make a podcast on this as well but so to start off with why are they important so we had governments civil society business Everyone came together and developed these targets for the world. So these are targets for 2030 about how we will end poverty, how we can protect the planet and how we can create peace and prosperity for all. And then we break these three areas of vision down into 17 targets. So exactly what do we need to do together to make that happen? And we'll go into that another time but as everyone came together and created this that is why it's so important and everyone signed up for it
0: brilliant and you've left a wonderful cliffhanger for everyone so one must stay tuned then for the next episode with charlotte we've managed to get her finally on for one of the episodes and now stay tuned then for another episode where we will then tackle sustainable development goals or the sdgs well charlotte nonetheless you have provided so much and it's becoming to the point where I say this ad nauseum because I say it in all of the end of every episode but much food for thought but I'm I'm also Italian so when there's food (laughs) I I will always make the reference so thank you for the food for thought and I think I'm leaving the episode with a much more of a smile on on my face because I really do see how the three pillars of sustainability empower everyone to be a huge game changer uh, and an agent for change in making this world a better place. That we don't have to just depend on the big wigs in the United Nations or government or God knows what, that it could be you in your own office in London or it could be Maria Josefa in Mexico City, you know, doing her thing and everybody can do something to really to really uh, put in their, 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 their three cents towards sustainable development. So, Charlotte, thank you very much for the feast or the smorgasbord of thought.
1: <laughs> thank you very much.
0: That brings us to the end of this edition of the Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at org. That's P A X tecumglobal.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of PAX on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. Join us next week for another edition, and until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!